0: Dreadheads. I'm John and I'm Joe, and welcome to a brand new episode of Spread the Dread podcast. Joe, we're on episode 38, where we're going to cover Juan Corona, the Machete Murderer. I'm excited about it. What about you? I am, and I, and wanna I don't give know a-
1: anything about them.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. You did, did the these notes. notes. <laughs> these notes have been sitting a bit, by the mm-hmm. way. These, these, these are uh, like barrel-aged notes <laughs> because these were done before. Cause like Oh, the last, before
1: life got chaotic. The whole yeah. thing with Zuzu. Yes, yeah.
0: yes. Princess Zuzu and all that stuff. But they're solid-ass notes. <laughs> I stand by them. Uh, and so, yeah, we're going to go ahead and go on with it. First off, want to thank everybody. The numbers for episode 37 about Alexander Pachushkin, the chessboard killer, off the fucking charts. Thank you all so much. And we know... We have a lot of new followers on IG. We've been trying to press forward and you know get back into the groove of everything here. So uh, anyone who's new to all this, welcome and uh, well, welcome to the shit show. It's in our fucking tagline <laughs> on there. It's the truth. You would agree. Oh yeah. Right. Absolutely. All right. So we, of course, we want to get right into the episode now. First off, I got to fucking, I got to fucking repent for something here, oh, God. and it's an IG thing. I'm telling you. And by the way. All right, so let's do this. If you're going to
1: get the most interaction out of like Jonathan, it's going
0: to be IG. I and absolutely. you should
1: for this reason. Yeah. Because eventually he's going to put foot in
0: mouth. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> if you're going to catch me fucking up, it's on <laughs> it's IG. Not gonna on IG yeah. It's not going to be IG. And if you found it on Facebook, I filmed it or I posted it on IG and then I have the thing where they also posted the Facebook. The Facebook is an afterthought. If you use Facebook, we love you. Uh, We're not going to get rid of it because it's uh, as much as I. Oh,
1: yeah. It kind of just shares it to Facebook. Right. It's a post for IG. That's literally
0: literally what we do to Facebook. Like it's, you know, if you're like, hey, I reached out on Facebook and y'all didn't respond. It's not in a negative way. We just don't check the Facebook like that. IG is no. the place to be. And of course, if you want to connect with us and find the one place to find it all, Joe, where do they go?
1: Spreadthedreadpodcast.com.
0: And of course, as we just mentioned, Joe, they're going to find all kinds of stuff. there, so- including
1: Yeah. Our social media links our our merch store, obviously, um, as well as a player and links to the most popular podcast platforms and as well as our donation
0: tiers. Yep. Yep. And there's a play like, she said there's a player right on the site from yeah. Podbean who hosts us. So you don't even have to have an app if you go to spreadthedreadpodcast.com. You can listen right there. And then, of course, if you want to reach out by old fashioned email, it's spreadthedreadpodcast at gmail.com. Yep, yep. So I got i As I said, I have to repent. And this is an IG thing, which is why <laughs> I say, you know, you go there. So there's a guy, well, a guy or girl, I really don't honestly know. I think an it's an account. A, I think it's a, yeah, <laughs> there's an account. That's perfect. Yeah. Uh, on IG. And we're big fans of he, she, they, them, either or neither nor. And uh, it's uh, the account is Fred Poole, uh, like Deadpool, but Fred Pool underscore Kruger, obviously like Freddy <laughs> Krueger. And uh, he, she, they, them, either or neither nor. They post. Such great, awesome-ass horror memes. (laughs) And that's the whole reason. I don't even think that, uh, I'm going to say they from here on out to shorthand it. I don't even think they've ever listened to the fucking podcast. Because they posted a thing up that was like, it had like a wrestler coming through the the tunnel, Mm -hmm. going to the ring. And it was like, how great would work be every day if they would announce you into the building like this? (laughs) And so I was like, fuck yeah, that would be great. And as a fan of wrestling, I was like, well, what would your theme song be? <laughs> Thinking I'm interacting with someone nicely. Man. Did not read <laughs> what he had taken. Sorry, he they had taken the time to put underneath the picture. And they responded and was like, it's in the description, yo. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, I feel like a shithead here because, you know, we post stuff and there's stuff in our description and I hope people don't do that to us. <laughs> and I just completely fucking did it to them. And so I was but like, you, I got to
1: see how easy it is to just have that done to an image. Right. Though, well, and it
0: also sucked because mm. the band that they picked, I forget the song. I don't have it in front of me, but the band was Ice Nine Kills, oh, which, you know, I dig. Yeah. They're a great, like, if you like horror kind of rock, emo, pop punk. A little bit of post-hardcore. I don't know all the fucking terms you kids are using now fucking days. (laughs) I like to wear skinny jeans and fucking two-step in a pit. Uh, Whatever that makes me, that's what it makes me. Um, But I told told them I would give them the shout-out because I love that band. And I responded and was like, I want that part from In Dying Days from the band as Blood Runs Black. Where the whole time he's just like growling saying, bring the motherfucking ruckus. And like, that's (laughs) all I want the whole way to the ring or to the desk where I work in corporate America like (laughs) I currently do. But Fred Poole, thank you for all the awesome memes. And I told you I would shout you out Mm. and I would. And again, Joe mentioned all of the stuff that you can find on spreadthedreadpodcast.com. I don't think there's anything else to cover. We've got a lot of good announcements coming up. We're getting a lot of things set back in. Obviously, we're we're getting back into the groove of things after Zuzu's arrival. So Make sure now is the time. Make sure you're following us on IG. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. If you fuck with Bitchute, that's our backup account for any of the videos in case they ever get banned. Because as you motherfuckers obviously know, we don't censor. (laughs) So if you fuck with Bitchute, that's a place where no matter what, the fucking videos will be there. Yes. Without further ado, let's... You ready? Yes. Are you ready? You look fucking ready. We're not doing this fucking on video. Joe's ready as fuck and we're ready. (laughs) And we're going to launch right into episode 38 and we're going to talk about Juan Corona, the machete murderer all right joe so as we always do it here i'm gonna kick it over to you to do the bio like only you know how of mr juan corona bring it in
1: all right so juan corona um fellow aquarius february 7th 1934 in auntland jalisco mexico
0: I mean, you don't have to start off by taking shots at me, <laughs> but fair enough. I I probably did something around the house this past week to deserve it. Aquariuses so-
1: are, uh, well, I, we don't get a lot of Aquariuses on here. At least I don't think so.
0: That's a good thing for anyone who's listening. I'm sure that we've got some fans that listen. They're mm-hmm. like real big into like astrology and shit like that. Maybe they know. That'd be a great thing. I would yeah. love to see actually a, a uh, what, is, what is it? Those star charts yeah. of serial killers. Yeah. And now, what their
1: horse, yeah, what their uh, sign is. Yeah. It'd dude, be that's, a, that's
0: a coffee table book <laughs> waiting to happen for <laughs> someone like me with more money than sense. All right, Joe. So yeah, get into Juan Corona. Born February seventh, nineteen thirty-four, in Autlan, Jalisco, Mexico, Mexico for our international <laughs> audience.
1: Yeah, so obviously he's his, you know, Hispanic. Um, so he has two surnames. It he had Vallejo and Corona, but he only went by Corona. He was one of ten kids born to Sebastian Corona. Um, that was his father, and then his father's second wife, um, Candida. And Corona also Candida? had Candida. That Can- was her name. Yeah, Candida.
0: Sweet. Okay. <laughs> cool, cool. Fair enough. Rolling along.
1: Yeah. One Corona also had three older half siblings uh, from Sebastian's previous marriage. The eldest Jesus was Jesus
0: Christ. So his dad sired thirteen fucking kids. No, no, it's ten altogether.
1: No, he was, no, 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 yeah. he,
0: no. It's no. The notes. He was born. He was one of ten that was born to Sebastian and Candida. Candida was Sebastian's second wife i remember oh, i remember that distinction see, when i was I may, when i was okay I was so writing i misread that okay so yeah yeah so he was more, so actually he was one of 14 yeah 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 10 plus 3 plus 1 make 14 there's your educational moment for the wow. second yeah the, holy the, shit that's a lot of goddamn kids the eldest of all of the kids uh was his half-brother uh natavi dodd it's not navi dodd I kept, honestly, and, and uh, I forget I whatever program.
1: I I don't know, Natividad.
0: but whatever program I use to type these notes in, it escapes me right now. It kept wanting to correct it to Navidad, Navidad. and now it's seared <laughs> in there. So technically, the computer was racist. Not me, <laughs> Joe. Uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, about Nat TV Dodd because he'll actually play a little bit of a role in Juan's life.
1: Okay, so he ended up uh, migrating to California in 44, 1944. and obviously he was attracted by the jobs that were left vacant when World War Two drafted. Right,
0: right. She had a lot of guys fighting overseas, mm-hmm. so there was a lot. There, there was a shortage of the workforce. That's when actually women started getting a lot more ability to go into work because yeah. I think wasn't that the time where like that A League of Their Own movie was? Wasn't that World War II?
1: I think so. With the women's
0: baseball thing because like yeah. even back then like the baseball players was like fuck Nazis.
1: Isn't that you also too like Rosie the Riveter? Is that the same
0: more i'm not sure about that it definitely aesthetically looks like it's from that time period but i'm not sure
1: i'm not sure either um yeah so obviously um he he's migrating into california taking up a vacant position in 1950 when uh corona when he was 16 he dropped out of high school and he illegally immigrated to california and again um we were already talking about those vacancies. I don't really want to call it illegally immigrating because there's a lot of loose immigration laws at that point. In
0: time. Well, well, you still do even if, uh, like anything going on with the Southern border aside, you've always had, I think there's like, in there like migrant worker visas or some shit. Cause I know that there's mm-hmm. actually like farms that are allowed to like bring in migrant workers during certain seasons in certain States. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I have no idea about that kind of stuff. Yeah, but either yeah. way, Juan went up to California. where. in a, uh, natividad was at uh and you know they were working on farms picking carrots melons Whatever the fuck was growing on in the Imperial and Sacramento valleys. Yeah.
1: So he ends up moving. Corona ends up moving to the uh, Marysville, like Yuba City area around ni- uh, May of 1953. And that was at the su- uh, suggestion of Navita. Uh, See, even you, you you're got you're dyslexic. you
0: went Navita. Yeah,
1: I know. God damn it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and he found work on a local ranch when he went up there. So Corona was first married uh, to Gabriella E. Hermosillo on October 24th, 1953 in Reno, Nevada. Yeah,
0: but that motherfucker ended in fucking three, three months. months. Like, I don't know. I couldn't find any more research about why, but I'm like, mm. well, well, if The, blo- the brightest months,
1: flames.
0: Yeah, yeah, it definitely, that was, that <laughs> was, I feel like if you fall apart in three months, like there's a big issue there, yeah. like a big one. I'm not going to speculate beyond that, but like it's pr- like if if anyone else out there has been in like, like, married for three months, you know, or something like that. And like I you would just, love to know. Yeah, yeah. Or, or just, you wouldn't even got to, just respond, like, go on IG and be like, hey, I was married for only three months, and uh, you're right, and I'm not going to say anything else, and I'll fucking respect the shit out of that. <laughs> uh, but, Joe, so that takes us into uh, late December of 1955. Yeah,
1: this is when um, there was actually a flood in the Yuba and Feather River's, Area, uh, the Feathers River broke a levee, and it flooded it, much. Yeah, it flooded a
0: lot of Yuba City.
1: Yeah, Yuba yeah. City, and then much of the Sacramento Valley, and this including large sections of Yuba City and Meraz. Right, and
0: I, I mean anyone who knows jack all about fucking agriculture, <laughs> the plants need water to grow. But much like a human can actually consume too much water and kill themselves, <laughs> you don't flood the fucking plant. So you're mm-hmm. talking about a massive amount of yeah. agricultural fucking wipeout here.
1: And that was probably why that Marysville was declared lost at that time and it was completely evacuated. And the flood killed a total, they said, of 38 people, many of whom were undocumented Mexican laborers that were drafted in an effort to even fix the levy. Oh, so wow, they got so- lost their lives trying to help.
0: Oh, shit. Yeah. Kudos on them for trying to fucking help out.
1: I know, right? This event had actually a really, um, they say, like, a profound effect on Corona. Um, He had always been afraid of water. So, to have gone through that and then already been afraid of water, like, holy shit, that's-
0: so it's I got with, a thing of water. You, you do. And it's, I always find it so, <laughs> hila- well, not like hilarious. Like not, I, I just find it not so Not sadistically. Odd yeah. It's a really odd I thing. I fucking love, like I like, I'll fucking say it mm-hmm. right here, right now. The one and only time I ever did shrooms mm-hmm. was at the beach. And when they kicked in, all I could think was like, get into the ocean, the ocean <laughs> loves you, and it will protect, and she did. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm like a fucking out-of-water fish, but you are not that way.
1: No, no, and I love the water and all that, but I do have my, I have a, a very big fear of drowning. You have a drownings. very large
0: respect for water. Yes, I do. do it, I have it's a very fool's deep. heart when it comes to water. Yes,
1: yeah, and or, cub ruined uh, fucking, even going on a cruise for me. When- oh my
0: god, we were out on the deck. Yeah. <sighs> oh so if you're god. if you ever do, if you've ever been on a cruise, you'll know this. <laughs> if you haven't, do this. It's one of the freakiest fucking things you can mm-hmm. possibly do. Go out onto the deck. Find the find when you're out on the deck of the ship. Find the area with the least amount of light possible. And out on the ocean, obviously, if there's no clouds or shit like that. The stars are just lit the fuck up. There's no light pollution. Yeah. So you're just seeing all the fucking stars. And because you really can't tell where the sky starts and the water ends, there's a lot of reflection. And so we're out there. And I mean, and I agree with him because I was like, dude, like if I if I could have a way to just fucking go out and you know this, I I would get strapped into fucking space and I would want them to just launch me off towards space. Give me like three hours of oxygen so I can enjoy it and then just let me pass out in space. That seems so dope to me. You, on the other hand, right now, look like your palms are sweating. Oh, they
1: are. They're glistening. Look at that shit. Right. I'm telling you now. <laughs> right. I know they and, and are. So our
0: eldest Cub, this was actually before uh, we had Fox. Actually, mm. Joe got pregnant with Fox on that cruise. <laughs> Spoiler alert to Cub when he listens to this years later and goes, ugh. <laughs> but, um, he, yeah, Cub had referenced. He was like, wow, he's like, it's like you're standing on the deck of space. He's like, like, if you just went out, you would just float. And I could literally, <laughs> in that dark, the lowest light on there, Joe's knuckles started lighting up. They went so fucking white. And you know, and she Kong immediately demanded grips. that the family go back yes. inside the boat <laughs> immediately.
1: I lost my shit. I lost my shit for at least 10 to 15 minutes, even standing back in the light, like, <gasps>
0: And that's still one of her biggest memories from what was like a really dope family vacation to the fucking Bahamas. Like the probably the richest thing we've ever done. We spoiled ourselves with a fucking carnival cruise to fucking the Bahamas like the fucking white trash we are. <laughs> well, you're mixed trash, and our kids are fucking quarter trash. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so either way, we digress. Let's get back on point yeah, with so everything. Yeah, so I get his fear
1: of water is what we're yeah, trying yeah, but, to say. Yeah, so Sorry. He, he,
0: yeah, Corona had a big fear of water, yeah. and then, of course, where his livelihood was at at the time had gotten flooded, so mm-hmm. he has this fear. Of course, I'm sure a lot of his job reliability is wiped out as well. Yeah. Um, and he actually suffered a mental breakdown Coming to believe in his head that everyone had actually died, and everyone he was seeing were just like spirits. Were, yeah, we're like spirits, ghosts, whatever the fuck you oh want to call them. God. Now, Joe, again, you've got actually a bachelor's in psych. Mm. What is that technically called when that happens? Like, what psychologically is that called when somebody flips a switch like that in that way?
1: I probably just not pe- to
0: put you on a spot because I always fucking, fucking do this. You fucking do it every it's goddamn time. It's never in the fucking notes. No, it no. never is. I'm never no. like Joe. Prepare psychology statement for question. It's never in there, but no. just on the top of your head.
1: PTSD. Uh, just, so, prof- just-, just like a profound case of PTSD. Just crack them. Like, I would think.
0: So So like that crack <laughs> though, like where he starts to imagine, he, he starts believing everyone's actually dead. He's mm-hmm. the only live person left and their ghosts. like, is that just classified as a fucking breakdown, or is there like a science psychology? I think they consider
1: just a delusional state. I mean, the, people come back from them, so it's just a delusional state. Oh, okay. It, it can be temporary.
0: Well, of, well, of course I would forget the notes. Again, these <laughs> notes were written before Zuzu was born, so they've they've aged a little bit, but. <laughs> Joe, answer the question I asked you to answer <laughs> with the notes that I wrote about January 17th of
1: 1956. Um, so a nativa Dad had Corona committed to a mental hospital in Auburn, California. And this is where he was actually diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic. Oh, OK. He received 23 treatments of shock in a period of three months. And that's when at that point in time, he was declared recovered and was repo- deported back to Mexico. But later returned legally that year
0: okay that's weird though isn't it like isn't it weird that like you had a breakdown while you were here i mean not like, again whatever yeah, the immigration I mean, thing, whatever but like, we know shock treatment we doesn't de- we doesn't... had to deport you because you were here illegally and while you were here illegally you had to go into an institution and they had to shock the fucking shit out of you <laughs> to finally by institution standards be like all right we can let them wander around now <laughs> and so the, even then they were like well I mean, because then um, I would imagine the institution knows he's illegal, correct? They would they, they, There would be certain paperwork they didn't have when he was submitted yeah. or committed or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they would know he was illegal. So did he really get well? Of course he didn't really get well. Why the fuck would we be doing an episode <laughs> on Spread the Dread about Juan Corona Joe? Let's catch up with Juan in 1959
1: okay so corona ends up marrying a second time to gloria moreno and had four daughters with her so yay now he's procreating there you go (laughs)
0: that's what you need to do after 23 shock therapies go out get laid and not pull out yes
1: (laughs) now he's got a violent temper um he's showing an excessive interest and you know kind of like showing off his masculinity at this point and he has well-known issues with openly gay men and Corona was obviously a trusted worker. Yeah,
0: he was he was holding down shit as best he yeah. could, but yeah, I mean, he was he was definitely starting to show some anger issues and then they were saying that again, I'm taking these notes. I get them from I get them from multiple sources, multiple sources. Reference the fact that around this time Some of his aggressive behaviors were typical in someone that was actually a gay man, but was very closeted, didn't like the fact that they were gay, things like that. So I'm just, I'm just, you know, we report, you decide, (laughs) like MTV News used to be back in the day. Uh, But now we catch back up, Joe, so I get, you know. From in 1959, he gets married. Yeah. He's popping out kids. Yeah. He's pissed off. He's he got a like reputation, dudes, but he's showing up for work and holding down the bills. Yeah. Now we're in 1962.
1: Yeah, and that's an indicative of him holding shit down. He becomes a licensed labor contractor. Yeah, starting his own business. Now. Yep. And he hired workers to staff, um, you know, like local fruit ranches. In March of 1970, Corona had a new schizophrenic episode and was actually briefly hos- uh, institutionalized,
0: hospitalized again. So, so, so does it seem like, because I mean, this dude had a good run. I mean, obviously they were like, the, the anger issues and stuff, but they were, yeah. there was even saying, hey, that could have been related to, you know, suppressed homosexual urges and shit mm-hmm. that he was having, you know, because of some of the signs, I, again, I'm reporting it. It's you know, but there was multiple sources saying that shit. Um, but but other than that, he he was holding everything fucking down. And then, and as you say, March 1970, he you know he fucking yeah episode. he fucking wigs out again.
1: Yeah. Um, so then after that, on May 25th, a young Mexican man, uh, Jose Romero Rea was found injured in the restroom of Natividad, Guadalajara cafe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. His brother, his brother had, had, I, I, maybe he was there illegally too. I can't remember back to the notes, whatever, but yeah, he's got, he's got shit going on. He's got a cafe in Guadalajara. And suddenly a man turns up injured.
1: Yeah. So um, uh, Romero, Raya Romero, I'll just say, had been attacked uh, actually in the face and head with a machete and nearly scalped.
0: I believe they call it a machete.
1: A machete.
0: <laughs> if the, uh, if uh, the Danny Trejo movie is to be believed. And I be- I think that that's actually a Mexican documentary.
1: <laughs> and this is the reason why uh, Nativa Dad actually uh, called the police. Um, Romero had not seen the attacker and Corona was at the cafe and considered a suspect at the time. Um, Romero ended up filing a lawsuit against Natividad instead. Jesus, a quarter million. And won $250,000. Now,
0: like a, like a smart person would, uh, uh, rather than paying it back, He's Natividad like, sold <laughs> every goddamn Deuces. possession he had in the U.S. <laughs> yeah. And permanently, Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, I'm reading my notes wrong. So, oh, shit. so like the, the- Yeah, so the cafe is still in. I, apologies, dreadheads. Mm-hmm. You know how it goes. I'm running on a little sleep and a lot of beer. Um, but yeah, so the, yeah, he had a cafe called Natividad's Guadalajara Cafe in Cali where they were still at. Yeah, so that makes more sense He gets rid of everything, Well, that makes sense with the 250,000 US fucking amount they gave him, because I was like, if that was in pesos, like, to someone running a cafe in Guadalajara, like, you should have just shot him. He is so fucking (laughs) done for life now, awarding someone a quarter of a meal on his fucking back. But yeah, now TV Dodd, rather than paying it, did what i would have fucking done too so every fucking thing he owned in the u.s and got the fuck back to mexico now a year later joe uh this is actually march of 1971 juan corona actually applied for welfare while still in the u.s so he's still in the u.s obviously shit's not going as well again he's got four mouths to feed he has a wife yeah. You know, things are that going Had that mental good.
1: breakdown. You don't know how far, you know, that put them what behind. Could fell, yeah,
0: what what's falling apart now? He yeah. was running a successful business, but now yeah. you got someone who's got paranoia, schizo- or, sorry, paranoid schizophrenia mm-hmm. acting the fuck up. And um, obviously... And, yeah, so we have a government record of the fact that he actually was applying for welfare, which is pretty much the only insight that's out there into kind of the what the financial situation of was the family post his episode of his mental issues Mm -hmm. coming back, which is why I bring that up. But he actually was denied. And lo and behold, dreadheads, as you know, it's about that time in the show that feeds right back in to a very significant date later that year.
1: Yes, sir. So that brings us to May 19, 1971. So we were talking about March 1971 is when he applied for welfare and was denied. Now we're on May 19, 1971.
0: Yep yeah, and again, the, the welfare thing is just that's like kind of the, uh, the, the only insight snapshot to the fact that it looks like since that new episode occurred of his paranoid schizophrenia, Things started to trend downwards for him. He's applying for welfare prior to this episode. He's running his own business. Mm. He's having some anger issues and shit like that. But by all accounts, he's holding shit down for him, his wife, and his children.
1: Yes, exactly. Something triggered it, and then shit went awry for him. So, uh, May 19, 1971, Japanese-American farmer Goro... Kagi Hero. Kagi Hero. Kagi Hero. Ah! Uh, (laughs) Found a large freshly dug hole in the Sutter County peach orchard that he owned. Um, He went around, he asked all the employees that were, you know, hired through Corona's connections about the hole, but they knew nothing about it. And at night, um, the owner ended up returning to the orchard and found the hole had actually been filled in. So he calls a sheriff who digs up the hole and finds the body of a drifter, Kenneth Whiteacre.
0: Right, yeah, and, and so, like, even though uh, Whiteacre was dressed, he, like, so when they exhumed the body, he still had clothing and things mm. like that on. The deputies actually found gay literature in Kenneth. If you heard that ting, that was my Apple Watch. The son of a bitch should be set to silent, but it's not. <laughs> and it's actually one of you fucking dreadheads replying to something on goddamn IG. <laughs> but I digress. So, yeah, so, so they exhumed. Uh, Kenneth Whitaker. uh, They find gay literature in his pockets. And so because of that, again, everyone remember, we're in 1971 America. Shit was a little bit different back then. Being Uh,
1: gay was a little bit more risque. Right.
0: So the fact that... Even to your health. (laughs) Right. So they basically was like, well, he had gay literature in his pockets. This is obviously a sex crime. Yeah. However, Joe the coroner did not actually look for signs of a sexual assault taking place and only performed a superficial examination, which what one would believe was that the coroner saw no signs of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, nothing to presume. Exactly,
0: which I I would honestly, right now I can't think of one, and I'm sure there has been, and fuck, we may have covered them, where someone actually, like, sexually assaulted someone and more than likely again, in this, this case with Juan Corona, because the corpse at the time is fully dressed possibly and more than likely during the sexual assault was when Kenneth Whitaker was actually murdered.
1: White Acre. You keep on, I want to say white Acre.
0: <laughs> There is a goddamn. What the fuck? Ever. Whitaker, white Acre. <laughs> Kenneth Whiteman. <laughs> yeah. White, white man. man uh, <laughs> And if, if, you know, if he may not be, but that's a white-ass sounding name. I'm going to stand by it and fuck off. <laughs> um, but yeah, so because of that, I, I just don't really know how many times someone actually, again, potentially killed someone during the sexual assault and then redressed the body, particularly... Well, if, now, it would make transport sense if they transport it. Well, yeah, again, like if we were talking about somebody keeping trophies or something, then yeah. it may make sense to redress the body. Yeah. But if you're going to go fucking bury it, In a fucking peach orchard. Doesn't make the most of sense. Also the fact goes as well. That there could be evidence. Of you in the clothing that's one of the easiest things they find a, a fucking eyelash or some shit that's like stuck into a t-shirt fiber oh yeah or yeah yeah no shit, i get you know? that i
1: understand like the forensics like thoughts behind it uh I, I, I guess i thought it was more interesting on the fact that you know the the hole was already had been dug and it either shows either there was premeditation in the yeah. murder or there was premeditation on where he knew he was going
0: to stash the body right yeah. Like, it the had hole, already take, took place, place, and you only yeah. caught
1: him digging yeah.
0: the hole, yeah. was all. Juan, Juan Corona, he was going to murder somebody. So, at this point, like, did he already know, or was he just prepping the hole yeah. and was going to go find someone? So, yeah, I, I get yeah. it with that. But now, that leads us into May 24th of the same year. Uh, there were some workers, Joe, driving a tractor. Uh at a ranch that was nearby yeah, it was and like they an actually spotted ranch. Yeah, yeah yeah so yeah it was i maybe hooked up to it or something but they actually spotted another field hole yeah
1: they end up also alerting the sheriff who dug up another male body and found yet another place where earth had been moved you know right, dirt had yeah. been moved it was
0: clearly that the, the earth had been dug yep. turned over is the expression where it's been dug out and then re-put back in yeah that's a probably a southern thing i'm sure a lot of other people out there having it but yeah you 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 turned over the soil yeah
1: yeah yeah. so you know they alert the sheriff they dig up the hole they find another spot they dig that one up and they find and they find a third body and a couple of yuba city market meat tickets signed by corona on may
0: 21st right and i would imagine again because they're obviously there wasn't Meat tickets, basically, if you uh, for anyone probably really young watching this it, you you would go to like a butcher, yeah, yeah, and yeah, you took Your a ticket. Number, you know yeah. You, yeah, if there was a line, you took a fucking ticket, and that's mm-hmm. what this is when they say a meat market ticket, so again, that would lend credence to the fact that whatever was happening during this, the bodies were dressed when they were finding them, yeah, so again, there was probably meat tickets in the pocket and shit like that, but then again, now we've got tickets that has the signature. Of, of another person. At this point, they don't necessarily know it's Corona or even suspect mm. it, but now there's another name that's actually at play. Hey, We have physical evidence that you at least saw this person on this date.
1: Yeah, so all three victims were drifters and farm workers, obviously, who had been hacked and stabbed in the exact same fashion. He ain't
0: called the machete murderer for nothing, motherfuckers. That's (laughs) not a fucking something we made up. The motherfucker liked to hack and slash.
1: Yeah, and then a pickup truck actually resembling one belonging to Corona had been seen in the area at the time of all the murders. Yeah, so he's being
0: sloppy. No matter how you cut it, he's being sloppy as fuck. Even if the re-clothing of the individuals is some kind of ritual shit. It's a stupid ritual for a for a serial potential serial killer.
1: Yeah, and so the sheriff's office in the area actually played it really close to the chest. Um, they were reluctant to make any kind of arrest before they knew what the real numbers of victims were. You know, uh, the true so, full number oh, well, was also known. So they
0: say they acted like what police should do yeah so they can keep that shit quiet until and they for sure exactly, and they continue searching yeah so kudos to those guys and gals doing that at the time
1: yeah so they continue to search the area for graves and and kept everything real hush hush and they end up find uh, finding six more corpses in the same orchard but and most of them had been hacked and stabbed and one had been shot
0: which I would probably say the one that was shot would be like a crime of passion. Something went fucking wrong, more than likely. Corona pro- one mm-hmm. probably had a gun on him just in case of shit, and that was like his insurance, his uh, insurance policy, and he had to cash it out one time. Yeah,
1: yeah. So many of them were actually buried with their pants down or with no pants at all. All
0: right, so now he's switching now it up. Are, They're not getting fully recalled
1: Yeah. So and what's interesting, we don't know. Uh, well, at least not yet. At what stage in his Quote career, let's you know, lack of a better word. Uh, what stage of his career was? So these may have been early on ones that were a lot more messy, and that's the reason why they look so disheveled. That's
0: a, that's not a bad point to bring up because as of right now in this story, we don't really have a timeline. We have a timeline of when the bodies were discovered. Discovery, not really the murder, the murder timeline. Murder, exactly. So yeah, yeah, did, yeah, did he start? Did he start getting into fully redressing his victims, or was that one that was that was I verifiably would think so. fully redressed. Maybe to me, that may be more indicative of a first murder because Absolutely. at that point, everything's new. I mean, even if you have well, it's an a new and adrenaline, when
1: I think about adrenaline, I think about sloppy because you want to get in and out Why? without getting caught yeah but I mean, and you again, get more and more brave, you know that's why a lot of them get a lot more uh, egotistical and uh, oh, yeah, yeah. boisterous in their actions, and that's where I think he was able to take more and more time with the victims because he knew he wasn't going to get caught because he would already hacked and slashed through a bunch of them.
0: yeah, I, I mean could be, but then, that's again, what I, was I mean just thinking. I, I would imagine i mean if if uh, if you've committed a murder, please don't contact us. You really need to probably confess and get some fucking help, whatever that may be. <laughs> but I would imagine in that situation at the time like you would the first one is going to even if it's methodically plotted out it still in my mind would would classify as a crime of passion it's the first time you're ever doing it you're not really running so much off of an MO as you are off of pure adrenaline and pure desire to commit that murder and if you're committing those further on obviously if you're committing more than i mean if you're committing murder in general you're fucked up but if you're committing you know, more than one, you're getting a series in it. I would imagine things could start changing and developing as far as Almost the ritual that mm-hmm. goes into yeah, it. Yeah, where and it
1: becomes more time consuming, the right. more which, laborious. Which like there had more steps that was required to make gratification. Just like right. they always say, the further and further you push it, something, you know, more and more shit you have to do to get off. So that's what
0: I'm saying. Fair is, yeah, that's what yeah, mean, yeah, it we, it all, we all, we all, we all started watching normal porn on the internet. Oh god! And we all got fucking rabbit holding. and that's not my, <laughs> our fault. <laughs> Continue, Joe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously the MOs weren't exact, but that like the others, they were the people or the corpses that were found. They were drifters and farm workers, just like the previous ones, and many right. of them were asking Corona for work or riding his pickup. Right. And, so there's and, and another there's, direct
0: correlation, and there's other people noticing his car. His sorry, his pickup in the area at the time, at the time, of, time of the this, enough yeah, times already. for it to be fucking mentioned, Joe. Which now brings us. To May 26th of that year.
1: Yeah, and this is where deputies finally arrest Corona and searched his home office and his vehicle. And uh, in this evidence, they end up finding um, an 18-inch machete, a bloodstained club, knives, a pistol, ammunition, digging material, um, similar meat tickets, a blue ledger with 34 male names and dates. So that's that's from their their evidence log, essentially.
0: Yeah, he literally everything it seems almost like everything about the act of murder that that kind of fucking gave him pleasure he took it home with him mm-hmm. i mean that is a treasure trove of fucking damning evidence to find <laughs> On anybody, he's got his
1: tools. He's just got his tools. But but you, you know? but
0: you know as well as I do that most people, it, it's particularly if you've gotten if you've gotten away with a, well I won't say a certain number. We don't know what that number is for everyone. But when you've when you've committed multiple murders, like you had said earlier, that's where the uh, like the 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 braggadociousness, the machismo, mm-hmm. the confidence, the 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 aplomb, the mm-hmm. cojones mm-hmm. start coming out because okay, I've gotten away with three of these, and you motherfucker, I know you're looking for me. But you haven't you're on the, me. I, It's on the nightly news. I know you're fucking looking, and you ain't found me. There goes that confidence. Well, that was
1: the thing. There was no news. But he knew that at least the bodies were being exhumed. He had to have seen them. Because, I mean, he's talking about yeah. know, like somebody who's uh,
0: habitual oh, about where he did right. put the at in the orchard. Right. Well, and he's personally connected to these other—I mean, again, he's he's running a business at this point still. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though shit started trending down, as we mentioned, with him having to you know, apply for welfare, he's still, at this point, for all intents and purposes, running his business. So, again, these other—the the ranches where these bodies are found, they're— purposefully seeking out his recommended employees when they're questioning them. So yeah, he's, he's doing very sloppy work really the whole time. So any sense of confidence he had was really fucking stupid, honestly, (laughs) because he wasn't doing very much to really hide himself yeah but but yeah go ahead yeah so yeah as you said they found all this evidence and then joe they also found blood stains in his vehicle
1: yeah so bagging and tagging they're going through all the evidence they get to his vehicle there's also blood stains that are found in there um and because of this then the sheriff orders the an aircraft to actually do an infrared like if Aerial photography right. of the area so that they can locate more graves. By June 4th, um, the day of the search's conclusion. So, yeah, you're like
0: two weeks, yeah. Two weeks roughly from deep. when they started this shit.
1: Yeah. Um, the number of known victims was finally at twenty five.
0: Yeah. So I mean again, you're you're known, known people. If you if you guys are dreadheads, and if you're not, you should be. And if you're new, fucking welcome. <laughs> as always. But you know. Once someone, again, the number is different for everybody, but once people, once these guys and girls start hitting their stride, that's when shit tends to get a little bit looser because I, like we've even said before, it seems quite often that almost all of them eventually desire to be caught because they've gotten so famous, but no one knows it's them. They have their moniker, how they're known about in the news. Even if it's small press or if it's a nationwide manhunt, everyone knows that person's name. They don't know my name. And there has to come a sense of narcissism with the act of thinking that you deserve or have earned the right to take someone's life solely for a personal reason. Yeah. You know, especially strangers, you don't know these people. You don't know, they've never done anything wrong to you, but you've decided tonight that you have the right to end their life. That's a big level of narcissism. And when your name's not in the paper, but your moniker's name is, you know it's the thing It's like, you know, Bruce Wayne survived because he was okay with Batman getting all the press. Mm-hmm. These motherfuckers can't do that though, Joe.
1: Yeah, not a lot of, not a lot of the time. So, um Obviously, at 25, this is twice the body count of the Boston Strangler, who was the most prof- a prolific known American serial killer yeah, up to a, that yeah, point. Well, we're in early
0: time. 70s. I think yeah. we're still in 71. Yeah,
1: 1971.
0: Right. Yeah, um, we're still in 1971. Yeah,
1: so he, he's trumping the Boston Strangler right. at this point. Like, he's what the fuck, fuck?
0: Yeah, now this this dude's the fucking dude.
1: So even though 1,500 people uh, contacted authorities to report missing relatives who could Wait, be, I,
0: I don't know if you. I, it sounded like you may have slurred that one a little bit or like did it I, it's not like you said 15 it is 1500 oh yeah I, I okay if i did that sorry that. 1500. And she got right. 1500 people contacted the authorities to report missing relatives who could have been one of his victims and actually they had found four bodies that were they exhumed in similar circumstances but joe they actually couldn't even identify them.
1: Yeah, yeah. So four of the bodies uh, that were found at the orchard could not be uh, could not be identified.
0: So again, if uh, you're real dreadheads or even new and just fans of true crime, you know what we're leading into now. Joe Corona was uh, initially given a public defender. You know, obviously he was arrested and everything. The public defender was Roy Van De Heuvel. <laughs> I mean great Dutch. it's it's one of those names the last names where when the v is there it looks foreign enough to where you're like how do they pronounce their who v's go, who Yeah is it like a j like a soft y like yogging <laughs> or whatever like that uh but yeah uh, uh Roy Vande Heuvel uh, hired several psychiatrists to actually evaluate Ron Corona.
1: Yeah, yeah. So they're evaluating his mental state. Obviously, they're trying to get up for, you know, oh, he's got a
0: loose ball. Right, right. Let's let's fucking institutionalize him. Don't fucking kill him. Yeah. So,
1: um, however, on June 14th, he was replaced by Richard Hawk. So his- Roy
0: Vande Heuvel. Yeah. Richard Hawk. Richard Hawk, that's a baller ass. Like, if I found like a defense attorney, Richard Hawk, yeah. like, dude, the, the ads. It's like the bird write the, man. But the ads write themselves. Hawks are hunters. Oh, like, God. every single one just. Like, like like <laughs> running fucking, after ambulances. Yeah, like like that's a fucking, that's a fucking, that's an easy one right there. But yeah, yes. he, uh, yeah, so, so he was replaced, was replaced by, by Richard, Richard
1: Hawk. Hawk. Um, he was actually a private attorney. He took up the case in exchange for exclusive literary and dramatic rights. Smart, like a yeah. hawk. Yeah. Like a
0: fucking hawk. To Richard Corona's hawk, life story hero.
1: and the legal proceeding. So he was smart. He's supposed to like, this
0: motherfucker, they're either going to fry him or they're going to fucking put him in a padded room for life. And this could be some good money.
1: Yeah, it was Hawkeye. He, yeah, uh,
0: fuck Hawkeye. you, Hawkeye. You getting punny with me?
1: <laughs> Hawkeye decided not to plead innocent by reason of insanity, fired the psychiatrist, and made no mention of Corona schizophrenia and called no witnesses.
0: <sighs> he was wanting that shit, dude. He literally was just like, "It's way." more productive like i could ruin my lawyer career on this guy by being so inept uh, the other money is going to be so fucking yeah. worth it i know right? richard hawk you are dreadhead fucking approved for all the wrong reasons I know, mind right. you but what a fucking magnificent yeah. bastard so, you are. Joe, go ahead.
1: Yeah, so the proceedings, are, I mean, they were, they, they were delayed twice. Once because of corona being hospitalized after suffering two consecutive heart attacks. And another because the abolition of the death penalty in California. Oh, wow. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, which took place while the trial was underway which, on February 18th, 1972.
0: Which, let's remind everyone, you see the trial was on date. What was that last date you gave?
1: Um, February 18th, 1972. All right,
0: so we're at 1972. Joe mentioned, and I put in the notes, and it's fucking verifiable by several sources. This motherfucker had two consecutive heart attacks. I want to remind every (laughs) one of you because you are fucking degenerates, and that's why we love you. Some of you are high on your way to work. So let's not fucking split hairs. Juan Corona was born in 1934. This shit is happening late 1971. Let's call it early 1972 since we're already into 72. Yeah. All right. This dude is not fucking 40 yet. (laughs) He's not 40. I am 37 myself. I've lived most of my life as a very overweight fat man. <laughs> I promise you, I'm nowhere near having two consecutive heart attacks. I know, that's some as crazy. As hard shit. as I tried, Juan Corona, he did he that He went hard shit. in the paint, yes, man. He did. So yeah, they were delayed twice because of those uh and another was because of like you said the abolition of the death penalty yep. which was in 72. Now, let's get actually to like what went down during the trial.
1: Yeah, so it was discussed that corona uh, mostly targeted male uh, farm workers between you know forty and sixty five years, and with the band who had like kind of abandoned their family, so well, they didn't have anybody really like knocking on their door, or, like wondering where they're at. Yeah,
0: which from a serial killer perspective, despite all the uh the, the other shit he's yeah, done no completely strings wrong, attached. That was a smart serial killer <laughs> move. Yeah, at yeah. least we can all admit that, yeah. dread fam. That you know this is fucking from seventy two. Let's yeah, be nice, all right? Let's, let's have fun. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Um. So. Many were homeless, alcoholic. They slept in a park across the street from the Guadalajara Cafe yeah, which was sometimes. was ran by his
0: eldest half-brother, Natividad. Yeah. So, yeah. so, I mean, he just had them there. He was just fucking ripe for the picking.
1: Yeah. So, and because Corona denied committing these crimes and, you know, with the workers mostly being known as like winos and tramps or derelicts, um, they were considered unreliable and You know, oftentimes not hired by Corona, who only worked with green card carrying Mexicans. It's actually, it's really unclear how he even obtained these victims, because of how he ran his business already.
0: Right, because like that's the other thing that we that we really don't have here is. We don't have the details of how he, he, he got them into the position to do what he did. Yeah. And, 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 like I said it that's make still a mystery though.
1: though. And it, I know it kind of like you elaborate here on the second part of the notes, but it does make sense. Cause he's, if you're kind of known within the circles to be able to get people some jobs, you know, you're going to have some pe- non,
0: you got some power. Yeah, you, has you a have power. a power. You
1: got people coming to you and sometimes you're gonna have like not great characters like wanting to be hired. And so then he's got a way of contacting them, like, Oh, well, I've already hired for this job, but I got them something special for you. And then he's able to lure them away with that a promise of a job well, opportunity. Well,
0: well it, it's it, it's it waxes of John Wayne Gacy because he got access to a lot of the teenage boys because of the construction business that he ran. I think it was construction. I'm sure if I'm wrong, you guys will fucking light me up in the comments, but you know what the fuck I mean. And, and, and he was known to hire teenage boys, you know, right at the cusp of coming out of high school. Or people again that had shady past that were kind of oh. passing through town, needed the to work. Yep. You know, they were eighteen and older, but they were still like within kind his of wheelhouse vagrants. of what he. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, and stuff like that. So it was
1: the hitchhiker, t- you know, crowd. That's right, essentially right. What you're Juan looking Corona's at, right?
0: kind of doing roughly the same thing here.
1: So. Um, again, like we said, uh, they might've been asked, uh, to, to go or lured away from, uh, places of, uh, uh in the public without right. opera or the promise of a job. Hey, I
0: got this one thing and they only yeah. need one guy and, and I'm actually going to, I'm going to drive you up there myself. I'm going to help. So it's a quicker day yep. and then we'll be right back. And then boom, again, if you have no one else to report to that, that, that person, that victim, it's, it's, it's done. It's, yeah. it's easy.
1: Yeah, and so um, 15 of the victims that were found undressed in some way, um, but they actually, not all of them were investigated, so they're not sure if anything happened sexually. Right. So,
0: like you were- uh, Well, yeah, did he kill them and then just, I mean, it wouldn't be fucking out of the realm to just be like, hey- I'm really fucked up, especially because Was this
1: post or you know, pre, you know, like when were they killed? When were they molested or sexually like assaulted? Like there's a lot of questions here.
0: Well, and that's the thing that's not popping up though, is like a lot of actual like physical evidence of sexual assault. It all seems to be kind of fucking implied. And again, you have to understand the fact that you're dealing with very, very early nineteen seventies America. Again. Neither of us were born then. No. But you know what kind of we we both know in our lifetime the way that in America gays were 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 uh, stigmatized.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: I don't give a fuck where you fall yeah. politically, religiously, any of that shit. For mm-hmm. sure, I'm an '85 baby. The end of the '80s and all through to the mid fucking '90s, like. AIDS was like the biggest way I mean in like the homosexual male community was just fucking stigmatized to fuck yeah push that back 20 fucking years even without any kind of disease associated with it yeah. so you know that they're not doing very thorough so- shit here yeah it's There's associated
1: no with like CD back lot kind of sexual exchanges and you know, like homoeroticism. Like checking, like I mean, there, I, there's a lot of thing. There's a lot of stigmatization we're talking or like and, we're kind of alluding to. Come on to. now.
0: We're, we're all adults here. We know like if, if we're talking about like if, I'm going to be blunt. If we're talking forced entry, right? I.E. Rape mm-hmm. uh, versus a vagina and versus an anus. I'm not talking about the severity of it. Physically, you would be able to see a lot more, I guess, depending on the time from the act. To when they actually found your body, you would be able to see a lot more damage to an anus. Am I correct? Just because of the fact that it, it's actually a sphincter, technically, where a vagina is not. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm, I'm trying to take it scientific, because, of course, I only know that sphincter is a science term and not something on Beavis and Butthead, because I'm with you. So, go ahead.
1: <laughs> um, you would have, I think, equal amounts of damage. It's just, it just depends on positioning. Um, there's a lot of variables in play. So so could
0: we at least agree that they were not, it would be very, uh, it would, it would be very likely that maybe they weren't checking again, I'm being crass here, but they wouldn't, they were not checking the anuses of these men. They're pulling them out. They're in various states of undress. Some of them have gay literature on them, yeah, it's the very they're, oh early yeah, you know 70s. they're not
1: yeah you know they're not doing a deep dive on that, right they're so, so and, that, and, and
0: I'm only bringing that up because a lot of the sexual assault and the sexual nature of what Juan Corona did is still kind of foggy mm hmm to this fucking day, but uh, eventually Oh yeah, and Joe- there's no
1: mention of them kinda of going back even to the like the first few that were fully dressed, even right. if they decide like, okay, well, some of them were sexually suggestive. Well, why don't we go back to these previous bodies? There's no
0: mention of that either. So no there
1: there doesn't seem to be any kind of um uh I guess sexual variable that they're considering at this point. Well
0: yeah, and even more so likely the fact that, that one that they exhumed and we'll get right back. To the, we're almost wrapping it up here. People hang tight. But the, the one they exhumed that was fully clothed that they mentioned had the, the gay literature on it. Yeah. They immediately classified it as a sex crime without even, even getting any the kind money. of physical yeah. Uh, evidence. Actual, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Any kind of physical evidence. So, yeah, Joe. All right. Back on topic. <laughs> Corona was found guilty of all the charges. January uh, 18th of 1973 and was sentenced to 25 Consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole,
1: but
0: yes, <laughs> yeah. I uh, like big butts, and I can't <laughs>
1: lie. Uh, there were actual changes in the criminal legislation legislation of California um, that allowed Corona to get a parole hearing um, around seven years later.
0: Yeah, he didn't get out, but the motherfucker, within seven years, he actually went somewhere and was able to plead so he choose yeah. uh, if he so choose two people that he's fine now yeah yeah that those 25 murders were nothing it's been 7 years I'm good he's probably you know like I found Jesus or Muhammad or well, something
1: I'm good I think essentially uh, so okay so the same year you know Corona's wife divorces him um, or in 1974 uh, Corona's wife uh, divorces him now in 78 the, right. where we're talking about this parole hearing uh, Corona's first attorney was actually ruled incompetent that and was he Vander was granted that retrial. that
0: was that was the one that was the one bringing in the psychiatrist yeah. and all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah. You would have thought Richard Hawk would have been ruled incompetent. Uh, but no, it was <laughs> the guy that seemingly no, no, on no, paper. No, no. no,
1: that's who they're considering him because the other attorney didn't go to trial with him. So they're talking about Hawk. Oh,
0: Hawk was got Yeah, you. he
1: was ruled incompetent. Yeah. Duh. Um and I then, appreciate
0: you correcting me on the notes that I took, and now I'm looking at him and you're right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh Corona's new attorney, uh, Terrence Han. Helen Helenan. Helen uh, called fifty witnesses and attributed the murders to Nativa Dan, who had earlier died in Mexico in 1973. <laughs> it's just
0: like, well, this motherfucker's dead. He
1: did all of them, but he was doing that because he could call back to Romero's um, lawsuit oh, in 1970. The, one, yeah, the quarter
0: mill lawsuit we yeah. talked about earlier,
1: yeah, and that you know was a violent homosexual, you know, kind of so, a great so at that point
0: Yeah, so at that point, uh, uh, Romero was awarded the money, but I I couldn't find notes where they were like. Oh, they paid him this amount of money because so and so obviously no, did no, he it.
1: bounced before he paid. You remember well, he sold everything and he, he did.
0: Right? He did it back
1: to Mexico. So like that's what we're saying is like they're they're just which con- made him look even guiltier. Back. Exactly. Right. So they could throw it back to him and be like, Fair okay, enough. there's our scapegoat. Um, but however, Horon admitted to one homosexual encounter in Mexico before he even immigrated to the U.S.
0: I love that was one. It's one. It's Uh like the racist who's like, I got a black friend like he was like no I'm not gay I'm not gay but I got this one dude one yeah this token guy. gay
1: experience it's stupid um <laughs> this time uh okay so the main witness for the prosecution was um for this retrial was a Mexican consulate employee who met Corona while in j- he was in jail in 1978 while he was preparing for his appeal
0: you guys already know where the fuck yeah. this is going this is a motherfucker that was next to him or close to him Joe go ahead and spill the fucking beans or free frijoles if you will
1: <laughs> so according to him corona admitted to the killing stating in spanish quote yes i did it but i'm a sick man and a sick man can't be judged by the same standards as other men end quote so, he countered this, as the attorney, claiming that Corona had not actually said, quote, yes, I did it, but a hypothetical, uh, quote, if I did it.
0: Yes, you know, the... the Let's the, split the, v- the, vernacular the hain- hairs here, f- fucker. The first-hand account of the attorney who was obviously in jail with Juan Corona. Uh, I mean, respect to the attorney, he's got to fucking do damage control, but... <laughs> That's when you when he says something like that, you're like, Oh, you had to say something, but like that was honestly probably the best you could come up with and it was not good. Uh, but after seven months, Joe, this went on for seven months. Yep. Let's wrap this up. What yeah. happened? Is- so
1: the the jury found him guilty uh, on all of the counts, all over again. And they also even dismiss um the involvement of his stepbrother, not and no, not even no, half brother. Half brother, step, sorry. Half brother. Yeah, yeah, sorry, half brother. Um, and they were actually arguing the reason. Reason for that um, was that the defense could not actually prove or link that the fact that he was even in California at the time of most of the murders. Yeah, right, because
0: motherfucker skipped to Mexico when that quarter mill lawsuit hit him, as Joe reminded me just yeah. a few minutes ago.
1: So, um, so he gets uh, reconvicted, he's sent back to uh, prison. Shortly after arriving back in prison, uh, Corona is actually stabbed in the face by other inmates and loses sight in his right eye. He was serving sentence at the uh,
0: uh, Corcoran State Prison.
1: My aunt Corcor- just no, didder, jittered. No, you're, you're, it was no, just like Corcoran State Prison. Now,
0: during his last parole hearing, Joe, which took place in November of 2016, he admitted to killing some of the victims. Uh, you know, when he was, you know, in front of the California court at the time, but claimed that they were all trespassers. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Again, this is Juan Corona, who I didn't see anything in these notes looking over them again now and the sources I, I looked over at the time to compile these. That where he actually owned a ranch, he supplied people to help others with ranches. Yeah, this dude I'm not was like say a recruiter. He didn't have a decent. He may have had some land and shit like that, but he wasn't a rancher. Mm-mm. He found people to assist others that were ranchers. Yeah, he was. He, he
1: was a. He was a recruiter. He was right, a recruiter right, for right.
0: Ranchers. So, so this is still a bullshit claim. Now, Joe, March fourth. 2019.
1: This fucker finally fucking dies at the age of 85.
0: Natural causes, yep. mind you. God wouldn't wipe him out. Nope. Just let him fucking age like a fine, shitty wine. Job. Now,
1: it's interesting, though. Corona remained the worst known serial killer in U.S. history until 1973 uh, when Dean Coral's crimes were just now, discovered.
0: Now, Dean Coral, that is the candy, candy. man mm-hmm. that we've done an episode on Dean Coral. So if you're new here or old, it doesn't fucking matter. Go check that one out again and find out how Dean Coral fucking stomped uh, Juan Corona's ass here.
1: But fuck Dean Coral. This episode is about Juan fucking. You Corona. are right. It is
0: all about what 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 Juan Corona. <laughs> I like to use a machete, <laughs> bury people deep. I might be gay, I don't know. Juan Corona. Yes, yes. If you want to check out more about Dean Coral, as we said, there's an episode about that where you can listen to us two fuck knuckles talk about it. But let's wrap up Juan Corona, the machete murderer. He's fucking dead. We're fucking alive. And we all got through another episode of Spread the Dread. So it's a beautiful fucking day. Joe, one last time, remind all the dreadheads old and new of where they need to go. They're one stop place on the fucked up place that is the internet. To get all things dreadful,
1: spreadthedreadpodcast.com.
0: Yep, that's exactly right. As you stated earlier, you'll find links to all of our social media, YouTube, BitChute, the podcast sites, where you can donate, where you can buy some dread threads, all of that shit. Joe, did did I cover everything? That's everything, babe. All right. Well, dreadheads, we thank you so much for listening. And uh, even though we talk about the dread, stay positive and wreck shit. And no matter if you're doing it morning, noon, or night, fucking take the initiative and do it like jack torrance tells you to why don't you start right now and get the fuck out of here